HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. I'm HRN's Communications Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and Three, our weekly food news roundup. We decided it's high time we do an episode about Mary Jane. Marijuana, things are happening. That's right. This episode is about pot. We're exploring the rhetoric surrounding legalization in New York's recent gubernatorial primaries. And a cheesemonger turned cannabis consultant shares the tricks of the trade. Great. So do you want to conquer the world? Do you want to have hazy eyes? Do you want to, you know, just relax all day and be floaty? And we find out how one exemplary South Carolina farmer is trying his hand at a new crop. Every plant that comes up from seed is different. And so it's... It's learning how the plant grows, how it responds, and then familiarizing myself and my senses with this plant. Plus, Hannah Forden and I taste test the hottest new cocktail ingredient, CBD. So subscribe to Meet and 3 wherever you listen to podcasts and be the first to know when the newest episode of Meet and 3 drops. Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey guys, I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host of Beer Sessions Radio. It's October 2nd, 2018, and we've got a special show today. General theme is women in beer, and our guests are some of the leading uh, pub owners and uh, brewers and uh, marketing people in the beer scene in New York City. So let's go around the room and introduce everybody, because this show started, um, originally there was a great new event uh, by Hop Culture called uh, Beer Without Beards. And we had a show scheduled for August. Unfortunately, when I was in the hospital, we didn't get to do that. But um, now we've, we're kind of getting back into the, the rhythm of things. So we'll touch base on that. We'll talk about the Pink Boots Society and reflect on some of the you know great women uh, in beer from the past and now going forward. So let's introduce each other. Everyone in this room is really special, real industry, diehards, and important people in the New York City beer scene. Hi, I'm Catherine Kyle from the Blind Tiger in the West Village. Used to be called Blind Tiger Alehouse, now Blind Tiger. <laughs> you know, what I love about you. You started as you were a manager, and you ended up becoming your a, a managing partner now. And you've really been running the show for the last few years, haven't you? Yeah, I actually started working for these guys as a bar back in the year two thousand. And now, let's see, in two thousand eleven, I became general manager, and two thousand thirteen partner. 
So, yeah, I've worked my way up. And you've got probably a more unique perspective on the the beer buying side and and the American craft beer than most people, right? Yeah, I've seen it go through a lot of changes. I mean, I've really been in the industry for 18 years in New York City. So I used to say, you know, everything changes about every five years and the whole world is very different. But I think it's faster than that now. (laughs) Yeah. And we got Ann. Um, You're someone, Ann Riley. Yes, I'm Ann Riley. I'm with Five Burrows Brewing, which is located in Sunset Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And you're someone that you've been kind of in marketing and design. And for years, you wanted a job in the beer industry. Yes. And you you were always... Was on the edge of it. You had a great social media account, but you finally did get get that job. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, most people know me through my Instagram, NYC Craft Beer, um, and I still maintain that. Um, my first year with Five Boroughs, obviously, was predominantly focused on Five Boroughs, um, having more involvement with Pink Boots, which we'll talk about later. Um, working to you know get that back on back more with New York City beer posts, not just what I'm doing, but what everybody in the industry is doing. That's great. And congratulations for it. Oh, thank you. And you've yeah, really made it. I mean, you're also kind of the voice of the New York City Brewers Guild. You've got an event coming up uh, this weekend, don't you? Um, yeah. Well, Kat, uh, Kat from Lineup, who's sitting next to me, will introduce herself <laughs> shortly. She, uh, the brewery I'm with, and actually I, I was a, I guess, honorary member before I even started working with Five Burrows. Um, yes, we're both heavily involved with the New York City Brewers Guild. And uh, this coming Saturday, October 6th at the Well, from 1 to 5, we're doing, um, the Brewers Guild puts on two events a year. Um, one is Opening Bash in the winter, and Blocktoberfest is the one here in the fall. We will have 25 different New York City breweries pouring um, fantastic beers, at least two each. Um, it's a super affordable fest. You don't have to pay like a $70 entry fee. You pay a small entry fee, and then you pop, buy tickets based on how much beer you want to drink all day. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Yeah. Maybe you get some free beer, too. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> all right. Uh, my name is Katerina Martinez, and I am the owner and uh, head brewer of Lineup Brewing, uh, which also started in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Um, and now we're looking for a new spot here in North Brooklyn. So well, it's great to exciting. have you on. You've, yeah. you've really made a difference in the industry. You had that little controversy with the Beyonce beer <laughs> last year, which is, and um, just happy to have you on. All right. Thank you. Thank and we have one more, one more uh, guest. My name is Lindsay Ronke, and I'm the beer buyer manager of Fool's Gold on the Lower East Side. And you've been on so many shows. Everyone in this room has been on a lot of shows, but we had you on. You worked at a couple of different bars in the past, including, what were some of the other places? George Keeley, uh, through the, the beer culture group, Gebhardt's Beer Culture and Beer Culture, um, briefly Bondurant's Upper East Side. And now you're with uh, Patrick Doniger, Fool's, Fool's Gold. Gold. yes. All right, so we have a lot to talk about. And my buddy, um, beer expert extraordinaire, uh, Mr. James Ty, is in the room as well. Don't mind me. I'm just here to, to enjoy the party. He's a, a social <laughs> visit. He's checking out, he's checking out his old friend Jimmy over here. So, guys, let's talk. Let's, let's let's talk first. So, you know, think about women in beer. I remember years ago there was a lot of pressure to do a women in beer show, but now there's actually there's a lot more women in beer. And I always thought in in my life in this hospitality industry, there's always been women. I think what what, what you didn't see were women brewers as much as men. But you know, I've, there's always been women GMs and managers and salespeople in the industry. Um, thinking about brewers, you know, 20 years ago there was Carol Stout from Stouts. Uh, brewing in Pennsylvania, Kim Jordan of uh, New Belgium. Those were two big names. Um, let's let's talk about how it's changed, and you know how you guys see that that part of the industry. You know, you know, you want to f- talk first about the Pink Boots Society. I know that you guys have a New York City chapter, Anne. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, 
There was a Pink Boots chapter here in New York for quite a while. Um, a number of us were members of Pink Boots nationwide, but we're not members of the chapter. And now that there is such a phenomenal influx of women in beer right now, and there's been a number of highlights on it. We, uh, Mary Azette, uh relaunched the chapter as our chapter chair. Um, She's with the F- Fifth Hammer. Yeah, Mary Azette of Fifth Hammer, exactly. Uh, so our first meeting, we had about 12 women, and then we did an impromptu get-together um, at DBA. Our next impromptu will hopefully be at the Blind Tiger, which was where we want to have it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we probably had about maybe 15 to 20 women show up at DBA. Uh, and then our second official meeting was How do just, you organize uh, an impromptu gathering? Well, <laughs> through, uh, through our Facebook group, um, and that's something I should mention too, um, Pink Boots is a nonprofit organization. So the Pink Boots NYC Facebook group, you have to be a member of Pink Boots. That's part of, because um, Pink Boots offers phenomenal education and scholarships, which I can't wait for you to talk about. <laughs> um, so we've also started, it's probably about I like a year scholarship. and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I about like a, scholarships. Year and a half or so ago, we started the New York City Women in Beer Facebook group, and that way we can um, let every woman who's involved in beer, no matter what her capacity, be it homebrewer, just someone who's an enthusiast, to someone like Catherine, someone like Kat, Lindsay, um, it's a place where we can put all the information that's happening. Like, we post different jobs. For instance, um, other women in the group have posted their breweries hiring X, Y, and Z positions. Um, I know St. Gambrinus was able to get a hire out of um, postings on that page. So that's an opportunity that it doesn't matter what your affiliation in beer is. We want you to be a part of this group so you can know what's going on. Great. So, Kat, you, you won a scholarship from uh, Pink Boots Society? Yeah. I, I mean, that's... The best reason to join Pink Boots, I mean, besides uh, being able to uh, mingle and um, everything uh, and learn things from the Pink Boots, because we're going to do a lot of educational stuff with this relaunch, um, is they have crazy scholarships and uh, really amazing scholarships. Youth scholarships, uh, hop scholarships, um, everything you could possibly imagine and you just have to apply you have to be a member you have to apply and you write like a little essay <laughs> it wasn't a little essay I wrote like a serious essay um, I felt like I was in college again it was lovely um, and I won the uh, Germany fellowship so in about two weeks I get to go to Germany and uh, brew at a bunch of abbeys and uh, just learn uh, a lot about their brewery technique out there with a ton of like 10 other, not a ton, 10 other women um, throughout the world, brewers, um, and just people in the industry, but a lot of really cool That's, brewers. Now you have yeah. that uh, cheers and applause soundtrack. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's pretty big news, guys. It's huge. One of our own from New York. And that's this. because yes. you guys set up the Pink Boots Society in New York. Mm-hmm. So Mary Isette and Anne, you guys are big and yeah, Catherine people. is a longtime member, and Kat was. A I've member been a member for even, a while. Yeah, yeah. so, so Kat, we've you, been members. We just yeah. you said you were a member. Yeah, of Pink Boots nationally, but yep, I became a member of Pink Boots at uh, my first craft brewers conference, and I just saw I was like, oh, Pink Boots aside, I'm going to go check that out. And what I love about Pink Boots is that their motto is to assist inspire and educate Mm -hmm. and what they do really is they fundraise they get all this money donated and then turn around and give this you know put them in the form of scholarships where they'll they'll get you know different um educational you know places to donate their you know part of the cost and then they'll give them out to different women in pink boots and that's the primary thing that pink boots does so it's a real educational organization Mm -hmm. and it's something that 
I don't know, like people can have different interpretations about like, you know, what the benefits are, what, you know, this and that. But when you look at just the basics of they're generating money to help people become educated. I mean, I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. Yes. That's great. Well, again, you're going to Germany. so uh. <laughs> I know. I get to drink a bunch of very fresh German beer, too. I'm so excited. And it'll, uh, I think I put this in my essay, it'll add some validity to um, my German Pilsner beer, because I've never actually been there, but I know the style very well. So when I come back, it's going to be more legit. I, well, I don't know. When you come back, you do a tasting of, of your favorite German beers that you want to imitate. Absolutely. And I'll Full know everything. Case. I'll know everything. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. I'll bring a lot of beer back. Well, other things. So we mentioned uh, Kim Jordan of, of New Belgium, who's been a leader in American craft beer community for a long time. So uh, both Catherine and Lindsay, you guys are hosting events with uh, another woman from New Belgium. Let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to let Lindsay go ahead and introduce it if, she, if she'd like, just because we're, we're both doing the events on the same day. And the way that it's worked out is that it's going to start at the Blind Tiger and then go over to Fool's Gold. But I want to throw it over to Lindsay so we get her voice up. <laughs> so, so Lauren Limbach is coming in and she's the head of their Barrel Age Sour program. Um, so each of us, I think there's three events. The first is Blind Tiger, then we're going to do a little bar crawl over to Fool's Gold, and then the next day it's going to be at Treadwell Park with Ambassara, who everybody who listens and to the show. Beer. Yes, and likes beer. Yes, and likes Each of us are pouring four different beers. Are you guys pouring four different yes. beers, too, as well as yeah. like maybe one of their core brands as well? Um, and as far as I've known, I've never met her, but um, she's very open and wanting to educate everybody, so she's there to answer questions the whole entire time while drinking beer, so <laughs> we can't really ask much more than that. Sounds like a solid Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I, first, I saw her speak at it again at Craft Brewers Conference, and she gave this just amazing seminar on sours and how we as a whole brewing community, we need to start really thinking about how to express what we mean by sour, because right now on a lot of draft boards, we'll just write sour. And that could be like a Berliner Weiss, a kettle sour, or it could be you know, barrel age, you know, it takes years and years to produce. And there's, you know, very different things go into that beer, very different things come out when you drink them, but we call them all sours. And so she really was trying to start a whole conversation about that. And I think that's something that we should talk more about on Tuesday. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Let's talk about it now. So how do you want to categorize it then? Do you want to break it down by traditional styles? You want it by methods? You know, I, I don't I don't have I don't have a good answer. And that's why I think that there hasn't been an industry standard in terms of what to call it. I think maybe calling kettle sours kettle sours would at least help that side of it. But then I'm you know, I, I don't know that, you know, the whole rest of the category should own the term sour. Right, right. You know, I just really don't I don't have a good answer. But I think it's something, you know, that the more we dialogue about, the more we'll get better answers. Yeah, let's keep talking. So, I remember yeah. we had uh, Chad from Crooked Stave on this year and he uh, he breaks it down, not just by category, but by also in his brewery has three different systems. There's one that handles Brett, one handles uh, wild. And I think one he just calls sour as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys making sour beers, selling them. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's all it's all very varied, and I think the reason why we see soured is that uh, the consumer doesn't understand the difference, right? Absolutely. And you, would, and you yeah. too would know that the best as beer buyers. So it's like easier to um, just say, ah, oh, this is a sour beer, but there's so much that goes into it, you know, for yeah. the difference between I mean, a Lindsay, kettle sour and a Lambic. Gold, do you guys label beer a certain way? Like, if it's uh, a sour beer, do you just say sour? I mean, do you have a... Within our Break descriptions, we say like it's going to be either tart, it's going to be. Uh, we, 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 within the descriptions, we write it out. Um, it, 
whether it's going to be tart, whether you're going to sense this flavor to it. But like when it's listed out, we say it's either Berliner Weiss, it's a Goza, it's that kind of stuff. Um, and is pouring a beer right now. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm pouring. I'm pouring a kettle sour Goza that was conditioned on raspberries. It's so five boroughs. Five boroughs, raspberry Goza. Nice. And it's our first fruited Goza that we've actually canned. So as we all know, if something's been reconditioned after it's initially fermented you need to keep it cold so i'm, <laughs> I'm, a, big, I'm a big fan of uh, traditional styles i really like that goza came back as a style you know i like berliner weiss but i think goza is a is a better sour style than mm-hmm. than berliner weiss i mean tell me if i'm wrong i think berliner weiss is kind of a cheater beer it seems like a lot of new breweries can knock them out fast who wants to who wants to challenge oh, me on I that? <laughs> James, uh, come on, you got to get on. I, I disagree wholeheartedly there. I mean, they're both really great styles, and you know, they're they're for different people, um, or they're for the same people. You know, it's but to I think to discredit one style over the other, as you are doing right now, Jimmy, gives uh, <laughs> Berliner Weiss a, a disservice. I agree. And that's just me. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and there's no more sour controversy. <laughs> what about Brett versus Brute IPA? Yeah, those are very different styles. Did Brett yeah. ever? Did Brett IPA ever take off? Like, is that something that people wanted to buy in terms of sales? Could you say Brett IPA? I, I have a Brett and a Brute on. Well, I had one last week, and I was looking at the board, thinking, "What a crazy world we live in." <laughs> <laughs> I love Brett or Brute IPAs. I, I I hate to like fall into this like crazy trend right now um, but they're great because they're so dry at the end which is always mm-hmm. something that I'm looking for um, so much so that I was like I gotta make one of these and everybody I talked to was like oh god please don't tell me your next beer is a brood IPA <laughs> that's so basic well, it's also the third show in a row that we've talked about brood IPAs on, so yeah, it's definitely emerging style we've had one on our um, brewing calendar for quite a while um, it- it has not yet been brewed, but it's been on the calendar for quite a while before the other ones started coming out. We're like, oh, well, we're not the first to this table. But, but if on your list this week, and Lindsay and, and Catherine, if it said you had a brewed IPA and a Brett IPA, I mean, I'm sure the brewed IPA is selling, but does the Brett IPA sell? Yeah, absolutely. I think people just want to try and try and try and try, which I'm totally down for. And, and the sour IPAs... Uh, Another style. I'm yeah. using yeah. quotation marks <laughs> that you can't see <laughs> on the radio. Quotes, yeah, yeah. Um, that is extremely popular right now. And so a lot of times that Brett IPA, people are like, "Oh, that's going to be sour," but it's going to actually be more funky than sour. Cool. Hey, you know we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo.
My name is Brandon Boy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is a convivial crowd, you know. This Pink Boot Society thing is working. Yeah. Well, think, yeah, as I started to say, our, our second meeting, we had uh, 30 women show up. So if we can keep doubling the attendance, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> it was crazy, too. You should, the types of people that showed up uh, I, from... Uh, Hopsy, which is this like device that makes beer, mm-hmm. to a bunch of AB InBev like people because they have a huge office here. So we we don't discriminate any people that work within the industry. Please come. Who um, identify as female? Yes, <laughs> exactly. So just identify. I can. I could be honorary. Maybe. <laughs> we'll let Laura make that decision. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so P- Pink Boot Society. Mm-hmm. It, this sounds really cool. And Catherine, you're talking about the me, the the mission is education, funding yeah. education for women in beer. Yeah. Um, so you said at the Craft Brewers Conference years ago. How many years ago did you discover it? Because uh, I like to put you, you've been in the industry a long time. I'm I'm gonna say seven years ago, probably might be six, six or seven. And then talk about as part of your job at Blind Tiger. Did you get sent to those conferences? Yes. Happily so. Yeah. <laughs> That's work you enjoy. Yeah. No, and, it, and it's great, too, because, you know, the brewing community is so big. And so when you go to the Craft Brewers Conference, one of the best things is that you see people that you never see at any other time, specifically because, oh, maybe they're based on the West Coast or the South or in a region that, you know, you just don't get to very often. And so everybody's all, you know, together and around. Although I will say they're so big now that you can easily not see people just yeah. as well as see people. So now it takes more planning. But so it's go, great. Go, going back to that time, when, you know, you, you were working your way up at Blind Tiger. I mean, I always thought of Blind Tiger as like the quintessential, you know, best place in New York to, to really get all the best American craft beer. And you think, is that one, re, one, one, one way you guys did it by going to Craft Brewers Conference and really uh, being yeah. aware of the whole scene nationally? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really started, you know, when we started and, uh, you know, we were pouring craft beer in 1996 when no one really knew what craft beer was. So, the, you know, we figured out, you know, with brewers uh, like Sam from Dogfish Head that, you know, what we needed to do was to have the brewers come down, have a bunch of their beer on tap and explain what the beer is and, you know, kind of help people appreciate, know how to think about it, know how to drink it. And so that is what we've been doing, you know, kind of from the beginnings, have brewers come in to explain the beers. So we have a long term relationship with a lot of different brewers. And then as the, you know, Craft Brewers Conference started happening, it was a great way, you know, again, to see the people that, you know, we would have come in periodically, also to meet new people, you know, create new relationships. And that's always been a big, you know, a big part of the Blind Tiger is community. And community is really what we want to foster and what we want to, you know, help, you know, be in the process of creating. And part of that is going out, you know, to different conferences and meeting people and inviting people and, you know, just trying to make, a, you know, a big inclusive space where people who love beer can gather and have a good time. Yeah. Right. And Lindsay, at um, Fool's Gold, I know Patrick Donner with Fool's Gold and the Jeffrey. Um, what's your guys' philosophy of beer? Because I know, I know Bontar, you guys have only been American craft beer for a number of years, we, right? We, we do do imports, but just very, um, very rarely. Um, we used to do a lot more, and, but as the American craft uh, beer community has come up, the reasons that we used to look for more international beers 
were for quality and breadth of style. We don't have to do that anymore because so much, you know, great diverse beer is being made in the States. That said, we will occasionally have a Belgian beer or a German beer or a Czech beer, you know, on, but not as a normal offering. Um, as far as like Patrick always, he has certain breweries that helped him and go into craft beer more so than what he was as far as his family being in the, the, the business for years. Um, so there's certain stuff like, like two all is coming in a couple of weeks. It's very in with BR and Bob through Shell brothers. Brothers. So, um, he wants to have like, you know, three or four of those beers on and then see where America takes the, the same thing, the same thing though. You don't have to have so much on because there are the varying styles. Uh, but he's always wanting us to, you know, keep on learning and then still remember, you know, the first step of the ladder that everybody stepped upon to learn. And don't forget about those. And it seems like it's well. what, what you guys are doing. You're always trying to get the newest thing or, or, or the best beer. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys are pretty aggressive about it. If it's but, out, but if it's out, French, it's going to be a fool's gold. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> you can but, say this. No, no, but I, but I believe it's like through like building those friendships. Like whether Catherine th- knows it or not, like I've since I've gotten into beer, everybody's like, you should be friends with Catherine. You should be friends with Catherine. You should be friends with Catherine. <laughs> and it, it's been wonderful ever since. Like something like like Jen Slanka is another one that people are like, you should totally be friends with. Sharice Ketchum is another person who's helped me like. Wait, so Jen's at Spring Lounge. Who's Sharice? Sharice Ketchum. Um, she's no longer in New York City. She's in Troy, New York. She works for Remarkable, but she used to be the Manhattan uh, Craft Beer Distributors uh, Specialty Program Director. Um, people know Sharice Ketchum. Yes. Yeah, prior to that, she was <laughs> Yeah. Sharice and her awesome pups. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's always building relationships. I mean, that's how I first met Patrick, and that's why I worked with the company, because we were friends and went out and drank and, you know, took beer seriously, but took ourselves not so seriously while we're out drinking. So it can be just like a relaxed conversation, but learning at the same time. Keep talking. There's a lot of great people in this industry. <laughs> well, Kat, what about you? Who's been who's been really helpful to you? I mean, you were I, I knew you as a home brewer. You were at BJCP class, Jimmy's number forty three, and um, you know you were m- very much anticipated new brewery. You may you may have had more buzz than anyone b- before you started making beer. I was gonna say uh, the person to know is uh, this guy. Jimmy Carbone, it's like <laughs> super important in beer. Um, no, like I, that's where I met you, and you, <laughs> we've done some pretty crazy things together. Um, like I was on Hot Ones with Sean Evans, that was crazy, which is now blown up to this crazy. Oh, you were drinking spicy beers, right? Yeah. Or, was it, or were you putting spice? So beers with like jalapenos and, and other yeah, spicy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty funny. They they pulled me for the show. You like recommended me. I know. Um, and it was just uh, different types of spicy beer, and some of them were uh, even local, uh, like Evil Twin, or are going to be local anyway. Um, and yeah, we drank a bunch of spicy beers, but it's cool because that show, you know, with Vi- there through First We Feast and Vice is really uh, blown up. And uh, Sean Evans is a super cool dude, so I like to see him. Be so, how successful. many people saw you in that video? Like a million Ooh. people. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked. It's it's posted a couple times and. The last time I looked, it was like over 500,000, I believe. But um, it's cool. It's a cool, like, I'm happy for that opportunity. Vice in New York City is uh, huge. They do a lot of uh, videos out uh, or shows and stuff out here. So uh, they gave me a pretty cool opportunity. And, um, you know, 
I, I always, I will do everything. So <laughs> that's how, that's how people know me is I do, I do a lot of the shows and everything that, um, give me the opportunity to put my brand out there. So, um, the most important thing at the end of the day though, is making really great beer. So that's really my goal. And you're, are you, are you going to end up having a, a new brewery facility or are you still going to be bouncing around? No. So yeah. So I, the last few months I've been going through a round of funding, um, which is, I, did a little different than everybody else. Um, I did it, I started my brand with just my own personal funding. Um, and then in order to scale, uh, which <laughs> I found out I needed to do very quickly, probably about <laughs> six months in, um, I need to uh, get an, a new round of funding. Breweries are very expensive. It's a lot of steel. It's a lot of um, just construction on the new space, things that you don't ever know. It's a lot of lawyers. It's a lot of Expensive all the th- real estate. Yeah, all the real estate, <laughs> all the things that don't sound like fun at all. Um, so I've been working on that for the last few months. Um, I actually just made my first beer back because I have not made a beer for the last couple of months. Um, my first beer back, uh, I made last week uh, as a collaboration with Yakima Valley Hops, which I'm really excited about. Um, they're all the way in Washington, and they overnighted me a bunch of fresh azaka. Wow. Um, and it's coming. I just tasted it this morning. It's coming out really well. I'm super excited. Now, what are you going to be serving at Blocktoberfest? So I won't. That beer won't be done by then. So I'll be serving. I have a couple. I have a keg that I've saved for a while. I have two special kegs that I've I've saved. Um an, an IPA, like a juicy IPA, and then I have a secret Pilsner keg that I saved for it. <laughs> nice. I always save my best kegs for the New York City <laughs> Brewers Guild events. Um, they're, you know, it's we're a family, so we're a community. We support each other, um, and this helps when we can fund these events uh, helps us like grow more so hey, you guys yeah. have come so far i mean yeah cat has been a phenomenal advocate for the new york city brewers guild um i know we were all talking before the show about um the beer without beards festival and um yeah cat uh, got a lot of publicity around that but each and every time her focus was not so much on her but as the uh, uh, but on the brewers guild and new york city beer community and people like Catherine and Lindsay, who we wouldn't exist without women like you in this industry um and you know, I, I've said it countless times that that festival, hands down, was easily the most diverse attendees I've ever seen at any New York City breweries, brewer, any New York City beer event. And we're hoping that um, you know the guild can uh, replicate that. Um, there's so many phenomenal people in this industry, and yeah, I mean, we're we're here today focused on women, and you know, women of every possible background, and I, you know, I know women who are of all possible backgrounds involved in beer in one capacity or another you know diversity is important there's also yeah. a lot of stereotypes i remember for years it was it, people thought that man drank beer and and woman <laughs> drank wine but it's not the case no but yeah and i mean there wouldn't be beer without women i mean the history of beer started with women so yeah i feel like in terms of diversity we're really you know there are so many women in beer and that's fantastic and there's going to be more and more and we're really lucky because we're creating a world where so many people do have opportunities where they didn't 20 years ago where they didn't 10 years ago and i think for diversity we really need to look beyond you know just like oh women in beer which i you know I'm, i think it's important but i also think it's important that we really look at people of color. I think we need to look at gender non-conforming, LGBTQIA, like the whole, you know, we really need to have Mm -hmm. a really broad, you know, a broad world of acceptance. And 
what I think is amazing about the craft beer world and the opportunity that we have is that there's a certain part of us that is a reaction against the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And what that allows us to do is to create a community like the one that I'm talking about and like the one that we're moving towards. And that's where I like to really see, you know, women in beer and pink boots be part of that whole thing moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, and New York City beer should represent New York City, which is everyone. It, it yeah. couldn't be a more diverse place in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Lindsay. I'm just like, you know, it's her birthday tomorrow, too. She's going to be she's, 40 tomorrow. So this is kind of a free, you don't know how much we're drinking. We're actually, our, our second beer to our untapped buddy, Ethan, we are drinking our second beer as what? It's a Brooklyn Brewery, Roberta's collaboration, collaboration lager, right? Or yeah. pills. That's a beer that's always on tap here at Roberta's, and it's a great one. So that's our second beer. Our first beer was? The Five Boroughs um, Raspberry Goza. Great. So we're going to take another break right now. We'll be back in a few minutes and talk more with uh, our ladies, women in beer. All right. Cheers. Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, our buddies at Roberta's Pizza, thanks for sponsoring our show. And I'll tell you what, somebody uh, just put a handicap access ramp in the front of Roberta's <laughs> Pizza. Uh, I don't know if that's for me, but thank you so much, Brandon. <laughs> so we were, just, we were talking more about women in beer. So, and what, what were you saying about the, the beer Beer yeah. Without Beards event um, that happened this summer in New York. Right. As, as Catherine went more in depth and as I briefly touched on, um, that was a phenomenally diverse crowd and it really did represent New York city as a whole, not just New York City beer. Um, and there's a number of people in the industry, um, for instance, Joel Suarez at The Sampler, he has been phenomenal in expanding the reach of craft beer. Um, he calls himself Uptown Ales on Instagram, and he really reaches out to quote-unquote underserved communities um, and explaining beer, and he's really good at educating people. Um, and that was one of the things that I found phenomenal phenomenal about the Beer Without Beards Festival was every possible... Um, so it wasn't just women, there were also... No, no, absolutely not. And I think was that was a diversity. misnomer, was a lot of our male friends in the industry were like, oh, well, we can't go, we can't pour, this is a beer fest for women. We're it like, was fine at all. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, because yeah. they were like, oh, only women. Any, actually, anytime I, I do a lot of like women's bottle shares anytime yeah. I do that like they were like oh can oh, we even can we attend come? this festival <laughs> we're like yeah you can attend the festival it's, it's gonna be the best festival you've ever attended so I, I don't have I don't think I have too much hubris for hosting a women in beer show <laughs> should have a woman host but. But so yeah. who else so Joel's, Joel's been on the show the sampler mm-hmm. B- Bushwick which is right down the yeah, street from right us yeah it's right around the corner from us yeah, yeah. He's, he has been phenomenal um, and the, you know, uh, but he also brings in like graffiti artists yeah. and street artists and DJs mm-hmm. I mean he really gets how to make uh, parties happen. Definitely. He absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's been a real advocate for the New York City beer scene. Absolutely. Um, I know he brewed a beer with a whole a whole phenomenal group of people at Interborough. Um, but yeah, as we were talking about the Beer Without Beards Festival, it was really nice to see New York City represented as a whole at a beer festival. Um, I think the... Uh, <laughs> 
sorry, but white guys with beards were uh, maybe, maybe 40% of the attendees <laughs> that time. It was every possible gender identification, every ethnicity, you name it, was very well represented. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, shout out to Hop Culture uh, yeah. for yeah. that. They Grace really White put together Grace a really White. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and Grace. So we, you know, we had a big show scheduled with you in August, and we'll have you back this winter. We'll do another one. But um, it was also at The Well, right? Yes. In Bro- so big shout out to The Well. The Well hosted a lot yeah. of events and hosted our Brewer's Choice event. Um, it's hosting Blocktoberfest as well, isn't it? Right, yes. So they've yes. really put themselves on the map by, by, they have all that outdoor space and they're mm-hmm. using it properly, right? Right, and it's interesting to um, work with uh, companies that come to New York that are not from New York who put on Beer Fest here. It's a very different feeling, um, both as a, a brewery pouring and attendee. Um, you can kind of, you get a feeling for the beer festivals that are put on by people who actually live here. It's a different kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. I just want to talk about your career, Anne, because like, it's still amazing. <laughs> you had a funny uh, s- s- Twitter account the, at the oh, quiet car. Yeah, that, and that's where we I met because one MTA, time you, yeah. you, uh, I raised this the price of beer at Jimmy's number 43 to $8, <laughs> and you mentioned it. But we got to meet. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, you were instrumental in helping me. Um, you know, find my path. Um, this is like actually, I met Katarina and uh, Tony Bellis of KCBC just over three years ago um, when I started to get serious <laughs> about you know deciding how I wanted to pursue a, a career in beer. And I had a number of conversations with a number of different people. I respect their opinion, and um, I knew that they could help guide me. And once I finally, after having a number of conversations, realized that I needed to play to my skill set, which was like marketing and design and. Um, having worked at and having done and having attended a ton of events. Um, so my title at um, Five Boroughs is Events Promotions, but because there's only about 11 of us there, we all wear a lot of hats. So yes, I do a lot of marketing. I, I do a lot of assisting sales, like you name it, as everyone knows, a small group of people. We all wear many, many hats and do many, many You know, things. on that note, I wanna, I wanna tie this in to talk about diversity, mm-hmm. but the importance of local uh, breweries and businesses. And I know that um, on, on the national level, the Brewers Association, uh, Rob Todd, when he was the chair f- from Allagash, and now it's um, Eric Wallace from Left Hand, they've talked a lot about the importance of local businesses, how they impact you know, communities and charities. But it's also, um, the big difference is that, it's called, I call it the headquarters situation, where mm-hmm. your job is only there because it's a local business. You're right. doing marketing, and, and there's the headquarter jobs that everybody wants. When there's big multinational corporations, those headquarters are only in one or two places in the country. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that's really important to me is, um, and it plays into Pink Boots, education, um, is educating people to know where your beer is made. Um, you know, look, wouldn't you rather have something that's made locally and helps your own local economy and it's made maybe 10 miles from where you live rather than something that you don't know how long it took to get here you don't know who made it and i just it plays into i mean you were doing this at uh, jimmy's 43 long before everybody was having local beer and local food and knowing um where your product came from and i think that absolutely plays there's, into there's nothing the like growth. meeting your maker you know I mean, that's what you guys do blind tiger you guys know all the brewers Knowing, knowing the farmers, you know, behind your food. Definitely. Um, and I can never say no. Like, you know, Kat, <laughs> knowing you and then seeing you as a brewer, you know, <laughs> you're always on my list. <laughs> yep. But, yeah. that's, but I have to say that about diversity, I think the local, I'm going to just pitch a little bit, but mm-hmm. the idea of local brewery and local businesses, it can, it can enable diversity more. Absolutely. Because you're in the community and 
you know, I don't know who wants to take that on. Well, I, I just want to give a shout out to the festival that was in Pittsburgh, the Fresh Fest, yes, which um, was organized to be, I think, the first black beer festival um, in the country. And what they did is they partnered each brewery with a local business. So they really took that idea that you're oh, talking yeah. about, like, you know, to an extreme and they made collaboration beers. So there would be, you know, whatever the brewery was and they, you know, someone would fly in from maybe, you know, this yeast company and, um, you know, they would they would talk about like, oh, how to make this beer. And from I wasn't there. But from what I understand, like just those collaborations and like bringing bringing local businesses to come and collaborate with the black owned breweries, it just created some phenomenal beer and some really great local interest, you know, just around Pittsburgh and, you know, more more diverse people drinking beer, more diverse people making beer and just being more open. Absolutely. We have a good, as a Hispanic female brewer, I we have a good amount of uh, just ethnicity within New York City beer that people probably don't even realize. Um, yeah. At Fresh yeah. Fest, uh, Celeste Beatty was there. She's uh, from Harlem Brewing, and she's been um, around for a, a really long time. Um, you know, I didn't even I didn't even like think about it when I first launched um, until my launch party. I had this like crazy like like fan group that came and they were um all dominican and my father was there who's like very clearly hispanic and they were like just they were like so thankful to him it was very sweet um (laughs) and they're like wow you don't even know we don't feel represented in craft beer but we love craft beer and we're just hoping for it to expand so i know ann was talking about um joelle earlier um that whole group of restaurants uh, or bars uh the sampler um, beer wax, which is Chris Maestro, oh, and he's, such he's a great like an, an amazing um, advocate for um, just diversity uh, within the industry, and because it's a lot easier for us in New York, we got a lot of diversity here. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think people realize how diverse, you know, and you know, like Basil uh, is Asian. He's from uh, Finback, and he's the president of the New York City Brewers Guild, and um, he's awesome. You know, <laughs> he makes like they make really great beer over there, and we we have a lot more than people realize. Um, I hope that that spreads throughout the nation, and I think that, that it will from yeah. New York City. Yeah. I think that is something that we're good at doing. So. Yeah, our our board guild really well represents um, New York as a whole. <laughs> we do. We have strong diversity, and yeah. that speaks volumes. I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers to you guys. Is there Cheers. one more beer we can try? <laughs> Let's pull one out. We got anything else in the, in the, there's that secret cooler in the, we're in the studio oh, at yeah. a Heritage Radio Network. There's some we're drinking threes. In there. There's always beer. <laughs> <laughs> Which threes are we drinking? This is, this is, threes, this is actually uh, for sale at the bar. There you are. Yeah, it's an IPA. So there you are, cans. They make some great beers. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I love threes. Here you are. There you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know. We have some fun label art on the table, which is how I got to know you. Jimmy was putting together that whole label <laughs> art uh, exhibition at Jimmy's 43. <laughs> I that. That yeah. It seems so long ago, but that was cool. And um, yeah, cheers to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, you put a lot of work into that. Yeah, like getting to know the different local brewers, figuring out who was who, who was doing their labels. And it was a great way for while I was trying to, you know, break into beer it gave me a project to work on. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be invited to be on a couple of panels where that's been a topic of how did I make that transition? As we were talking about it, I, I quickly learned to play to my strengths. Yeah. 
But I mean, it was, you, the, the artists behind the labels, it's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, we know like on a bigger level, like I think Yepe from Evil Twin and mm-hmm. certain people have like their they're dedicated artists, right? artists and yeah. they're kind of famous. It's like the Beatles album, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. And then we have guys like... Um, Daniel Birch, Barrios, he does Fool's Gold yes, stuff. Alewife, yes. Yeah. Alewife. Yeah. 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 Let's talk some of the other artists, too, because you yeah, really so brought Abby some really Lossing, cool together. Um, did the label art on our Fruit Frenzy, um, Raspberry did? Goza, Abby, Abby Lossing. And she's done an enormous mural over at uh, Google. Um, awesome. Uh, Libby Vanderplug, who no longer lives in New York City, but she did one of the very first labels for Greenpoint. Um you know, really beautiful rendering. Uh, we have like the group that Threes works with. Of course, the name presently escapes me, and I can't Google it. <laughs> Yard. But, it's called Yard. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, there is some great label art out there, and I, I, anytime I run into Josh Bernstein, I joke with him that he's able to op- openly drink beer on the subway because no one knows it's a beer because of label <laughs> art. Like so. my favorite thing. I'm serious. They always think it's a soda. I do that all of the time. <laughs> so, there's a brewery, too, Collective Arts, that just launched in New York, oh, and yeah. their like primary focus is the art, and not just the art on their labels, but also like bringing in musicians. So much so that at, someone was talking about they're like, so yeah, I get it. Like The art's really great and they're really pro-musician, but how's the beer? Delicious. And, but then we tried the beer, and we're like, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think art in beer is really, you know, such an important thing, and it's, you know, so much more so than it ever was, and it's just getting yeah. more and more, you know, platforms. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and places like we were talking about, both the Sampler and Beer Wax regularly feature local artists on their walls where you can purchase the, you know, Purchase the art that's on display. Awesome. So you, after a few, you're more likely to make <laughs> yeah. a, a large financial purchase. I did a toilet seat art show at, at Fool's Gold. And <laughs> <it's> <laughs> like really well. Toilet seats on the wall? Yeah. Okay. A friend of mine, her name's Madeline. She does a toilet toilet art seat. She oh, used wow. to like go into places and with a with a, awesome. a drill gun and like take out the toilet seat and put her toilet seat on. But it's all like she can oh, do like stuff. Gr- gorilla. Yeah, gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> she did one for us at Fool's Gold. That's wow. like beer and. It's probably cleaner than the typical toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you swap my toilet out At least for, me. for like the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I want a hand-painted seat. <laughs> Going down a, a dangerous path. Put some sand in there, you know. <laughs> That's really yeah, weird. My art, like my can art, like you guys all saw the Beer Yance label. Um, that was my, my friend Jonathan Levy, who's an amazing graphic designer. Um he just did the next can. I'm remaking Beer Yance under a different name. Um, can you tell us the name? I will. I've told enough people that it's it's kind of... I was trying to keep it secret, but <laughs> it's called Pills, Pills, Pills. Um, it's a Bills, Pills, Pills, Destiny's Child joke. I don't know. I think for the rest of my life, troll. I'm just going to troll you know Beyonce. <laughs> I don't know so anybody that does it. I just was she feel in like... Destiny's Child? Oh, yeah. She's oh, my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Jimmy, come on. <laughs> you know, I don't keep up with the women artists. <laughs> Yes. He he always like takes a piece from the album art, which is kind of what started the controversy of not kind of that's exactly what started the <laughs> the controversy of Beyonce. Um, but this time, I don't think she can get me for it. But this label looks so amazing. He's amazing. 
Um, it looks very. It looks. I'm not going to say that. I'm no. not going to say that. Well, say, awesome. say the label. <laughs> yeah. That's the reveal. Yep. Yes. The label is unique. But we know awesome. now we can look forward to pills, pills, pills. And you Absolutely. Think, you make that after you go to Germany and you study some more pilsners. Uh, or you think your yeah, pilsners so are already be, good enough? Uh, I'm changing the recipe a little tiny bit to make it better. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that every brewery should do that. Um, Let me I just think, J- James. You know, I, you are one of the top beer experts that I know. If she's going to Germany. What do you think she will gain from that in terms of her pills um, that she may not have been exposed to here you mean in the States? Specific to the, to the Pilsner style? Yeah, some techniques or... I mean, I, I think it's just, it's so technical, like, you know, when you talk about Germany. But I think, you know, Kat's going to be going to all parts of, of the country. And I think, you know, to, to think about, I, I think about Bamberg, you know, you think about Franconia, you know, Dortmunder. Uh, Dortmund, I'm sorry. Um, just I'm I'm more excited about the just the plethora of different styles that are going to be out that that uh, cat's going to be exposed to like on a technical level. So it's really oh, yeah. exciting. I'm, yeah, it's going to be deep. I mean, you're going to be in the brewery. And yeah, we're at- uh, doing like Lower Franconia region, and we get to go. Uh, God, all over. There's going to be castle. We're staying in some castles. Like it's going to be awesome. Um, mainly, I'm just really excited to brew with these nuns. Castle that Brow. Brew. That could be a new name for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. I, I hope to pull a lot from it, um, from the style, and I'm I will be releasing this beer when I get back from from Germany. So, um, and Kat, aren't you doing something else really special, brew related, on your trip? Uh, brewer related, family related. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm so glad. Uh, so I don't know. A lot of people don't know this about me, but um, I have uh, family in Sweden, and they own a brewery uh, in a town called Sundisberg, which is a little bit outside of Stockholm. Um, it's called Sundisberg Kokspa, and it's a, a pretty big brewery out there. So I'm going on the way back from Germany. I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to brew with my uncle, which is super exciting because I've never done that before, Um, and I've never been to Sweden, obviously. So, um, I'm it's it runs in the family, but I don't like to drop it. They're like they're like pretty big out there, so I don't like to drop it necessarily as like to support my. (laughs) I've never heard of it. I know it's one of those breweries. It's pretty big, but I'm excited. Yeah, our friend Lindsay also has a uh, European beer connection too, doesn't she? Yeah, in in Germany as well. It's Mm -hmm. funny. There's a lot of uh, this is New York. Everybody is like family all over. It's amazing. Well, she's not beer, but it was cider. Who's your friend Lindsay? Lindsay (laughs) She is beer now. Now she is. Yeah, she works at KCBC. Brooklyn Cider House, and Mm -hmm. who does she work for? KCBC, Kings County. Wow, she's a great salesperson. She's a phenomenal individual. I mean, she really. Came in and made a difference in, the, in her first brand. Yeah, she's my best friend. I'm excited. So she's going to be at KCBC yeah. now. Yes. Yep. She's with KCBC full time out there rocking it. That's but. great. Another great woman in beer who's uh, absolutely. You want to invite to everything. <laughs> yeah, and actually, um, her birthday is coming up, <laughs> and her folks sent her a pair of pink boots. So gotta yeah. love that. Yeah. It's <laughs> so nice Lindsay, you're turning forty. <laughs> when does the party oh start? Gosh, We're going to be drinking after this. When does the party for start? <laughs> Okay, I'm working tomorrow, so if anybody wants to come by and drink with me. So Fool's Gold, tomorrow's October 3rd. Get me what, so drunk, I pass out behind shift? the bar and don't have a job the next day on my birthday. What time's your shift tomorrow? I start at 3 tomorrow. Until what? Uh, I don't, 3. A question mark. Definitely a question mark. And that's, your, yeah, that, that's, that's what I used to do. Like, I work on my birthday. Of course I want to drink at my bar. I don't know how not to work. I feel guilty when I don't work. I think it's lame. Yes. I feel like... When people say like it's my it. birthday, I don't want to work. I'm like, 
what are you like five years old? <laughs> Even when you're a kid, you have to go to school. And, I, I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, it's so like, you have a Friday shift, and you're gonna you want to take off because it's your birthday. It's like you work so hard to get that Friday shift. If I didn't like my coworkers, if I didn't like the place I work, I wouldn't work there. So I might right. as well celebrate with the people I like. Yeah, but it's really nice to have the day after off. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I don't have to be there until four the next day. So nice. <laughs> if I'm bad, I'll go over by four. Yeah, that's the next I show. Guess it's it's like, been a good one. What's the best shift to have when you? work at a bar <laughs> I think you got the time right give out hangover helper recipes <laughs> maybe not the closing shift anyway. <laughs> but you worked your way up I mean you also um and my first met you George Keeley you were kind of getting sent to the good beer seal well I mean I, I took the class with Sam Merritt at Jimmy's oh yeah the old he, Sam yeah. Merritt used to give a Cicerone server class yes. civilization of, of beer yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. that was like seems so Sam. long ago we Sam's such a Sam's great guy yeah yeah, he was great. There was, I think, there was like five of us in the class. It was, it was tiny at that point, and then he went to Las Vegas, left us all. <laughs> Let's. We're gonna wrap up soon, but Catherine, you know, just tell us a little more about what's happening at Blind Tiger. You got um, the barrel aging person, Laura from New Belgium, coming up. Yep. And, and then, uh, actually, the next day, uh, Peaks Hill Brewery celebrating their tenth anniversary. Yeah. Ten years already. Wow. Ten years. Yep. Yep. And uh, a Five Burrows beer is going to be on. Absolutely. So if you want to try a Five Burrows beer, you can come to that Peekskill 10 yep. years. Peekskill brewed 10 different beers with 10 different breweries as part of their anniversary. And we were lucky enough to be one of the 10 that they brewed with. So they That's brewed they brew, Five Barrel system. They brewed at, at your Burrows. system. Yeah, they came to 10 different breweries to brew different beers. Yeah. Great. So and how did they pick you guys? Um, I believe it was an existing relationship between uh, Carl Knoop, who's our head of brewery operations, and Nick Griffin, who is our head brewer. That's great. Yeah. That's really cool. And anything that <laughs> Fool's Gold, you got Tool coming up. Tool from, uh, they're Tool, from Denmark, they are, right? They're, um, we're going to do Tool Halloween's Eve, a Tool-weens Eve <laughs> party <laughs> nice. with them. Um, I'll be dark, dark, dark beers with them. Um, <laughs> October 18th, we're doing a collaboration with Single Cut, and we're um, the Velvet Underground Experience is coming uh, to Broadway, but they were the Velvet Underground. The band was originally on Ludlow Street, so it's going to be this whole museum experience. We're going to do an event with Single Cut because they are music-based, and we're going to give away two tickets to the museum show. They're going to be there from October 10th until, wow. like, I think, so how do you How do you get into that raffle? Is it a raffle? Yeah, at the bar, um, we if you buy a beer, I'll give you a raffle ticket. Wow. <laughs> That's Very fun. enticing. Uh, and, and, kept, and like, uh, Pat Fondler, uh, he's going to be teaching that night. DJ Dirty Santa is his name. So we're playing, we're, we're playing all like Andy Warhol experience. I, I draw a lot of things. So I'll be doing like single cut and fool's gold label into like a Campbell's soup can or like the banana nice. that Andy Warhol drew. It's going to be a fun music and beer experience. Wow. You, you have, is, uh, you have a great events. attitude for running a bar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging out with you tonight. We're going to stay at Roberta's have pizza. We'll drink more of this Brooklyn brewery Roberta's uh, pills and cat. Uh, your Instagram stuff. How can we keep track of you in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I'll probably be posting both from uh, Katarina underscore Martinez is my personal, but then from Lineup Brewing um, for sure. Because I'm going to be the best part of it is I'm going to be with a bunch of brewers from all over. Uh, one of the female brewers from Left Hand, which is exciting for me because I'm from Colorado. Uh, a bunch of brewers from all over the world, really. So um, I'll post as much as I can. <laughs> Please follow that. <laughs> um, I have a new beer coming out next week. 
It's going to be named after Ruth Bader Ginsburg, yes. but I haven't decided what it is yet. Um, I really need to send it out by probably tonight, but um, it's... You know, speaking of women and beer, it's going to be themed towards that. So um, it'll be in bars next week. Sounds great. And yeah, so um, as we were talking about, Black, um, Blacktoberfest is at the well this Saturday. So definitely come out for that. Um, What's the best website to find that at? Uh, NYC Brewed. NYC Brewed. It's the New York City Brewers Guild website. So, uh, um, NYC Brewed. NYC Brewed. Or com. you can hit um, my Instagram or Kat's Instagram or anybody you know in New York City Beer is hopefully promoting it this week. Um, and <laughs> we did amazing, our part. We had you on yeah. <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> as amazing as that tool event sounds, I was like, ooh. At Five Rows, we're doing, we did this last year at a neighborhood bar um, in the neighborhood we're in Sunset Park. We did a Halloween candy and beer pairing. So we're going to do that at the tap room <laughs> this year instead, the Friday before Halloween. That's great. James Ty, thanks for stopping over. Such a pleasure, Jimmy. It's great seeing you. It really is. Well, I, we, I love we're you We're going to so hang much. out, man. We're going to drink yeah. some... Uh, yes, cheers to Jimmy. Roberta's we're very happy that you're back. Very and nice. It's good thank to you see guys. you. Guys. It, it, it means a lot to me keeping the show going, and you guys are all so supportive, so thank you so much. Big shout-out to our producer, Justin Kennedy, our new intern, Dylan, our, our new engineer, Matt Patterson, and I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks for joining us here on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.